This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 315, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy members like you. Welcome to the last iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast of 2011. It's episode number 315. My name is Ron Richards, and as always, as I've been for the past six years, I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Always. And Connor Kilpatrick. It's more than six, but (laughs) here we go. It's more than six. Well, for us, for the three of us. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, but with the podcast, it's been This goddamn show, it's been six years. This goddamn show. This goddamn show. (laughs) This this goddamn show is from iFanboy.com, which is a website that we don't know why we do, and it's all about comic books. Why did you keep doing it? (laughs) I I don't don't know. know. (laughs) 
I don't know. Mo- 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 momentum? Momentum. Jomentum. Uh, it is a website that is all about comic books in the world of comic book culture, and we love to read comics and talk about them there. And every week one of us reads uh, our stack of comics that comes out on Wednesday and picks what we deem is the pick of the week, writes a review of it, then we come here on the podcast to talk about it, as well as the other books that came out, as well as some other minutia and esoteria that is often driven by you, the audience. So it's always good to hear from you. So you're part of the show. Um, before we get into the show, a quick reminder, we're going to talk about what happens in the fucking book. So just calm down. Uh, <laughs> this week, Josh has the pick. Here we go. Go. I had a, I had a, I had a tough time this week. Yeah. I, think, uh, I don't think I had any five-star books at all. I think I had a bunch of four-star books. And I, I really, for the first time in a while, I was just, I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do about this. And I, and I studied and I looked and then, and then I decided, and I really didn't want to write another uh, review of a Scott Snyder book because it's just starting to look bad at this point. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's getting weird. It is. It is. It's getting a bit much. But the but the fact is, um, there's a lot of sameness out there, and 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 uh, his stuff is uh, is interesting to me. And it's more. It's interesting also because he writes in a genre that I don't typically gravitate towards. Um, so the pick of the week was severed number five. This is the second pick of the week. I think. Yes, number one was also. Yeah. Pick of the week. Um, you know, the last issue was very good, and then and th- it's funny because uh, the last issue. Uh, Something big happened, you know, like uh, one of the characters went down, and went before down that, hard. yeah, it'd been uh, really creepy. And now you're waiting for the the other shoe to drop as you're waiting for the main character, Jack, I think, to figure out what's going on. By the way, I, I don't know if he's not good at context clues or what, but that kid is way too trusting. Um, <laughs> it was but, a different uh, time back then. Yeah, it was a simpler time. Uh, one of the, you but trusted the, thing, the weird drifter guys who wanted to give you a ride across the country. The thing that <laughs> I don't know, she's gone. <laughs> well, she's uh, what? But she was being real, or he actually? I don't know. Um, no, he knew she was a she. They kissed in the last issue. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, but the other guy didn't. Yeah. Well, he would. He would have been able to smell her because he's a monster or something. I don't know. Uh, the thing that was interesting about this book, and the thing that actually put it over the top when I was doing my qualitative analysis, and I had guys, and the the thing was that. It had all these moments where you thought that shoe was going to drop, and then it didn't. It happened five times in this book where you thought you were looking at something that was going to be really sinister, and then it turned out not to be. And I realized, I was like, I don't think I've seen this done in a comic book where you know, you think that the, the killer's you know, coming up behind you, and then it's, it's Homer in a chainsaw and hockey mask. Yeah. <laughs> he's, was he's been exceptional across, from this book and on Batman, too, of, of creating a tone of, of tension and making you wonder when this shoe is going to drop and just teasing it, teasing it, teasing it along until he's, he's Here, ready for it. He was really futzing with your expectations over, and I say he, I'm, uh, it's also uh, his friend uh, Scott Tuft. There's two Scots, the Scots, yeah. uh, who co-wrote this with him. Um, and, and like in the beginning, you see this, what looks like this weird rape murder scene, but it's really just some carnies having a baby. And then they <laughs> drop off at this weird uh, you know, house and... Um, you turn the page and like he wakes these people up in the middle of the night and then you turn the page and he's playing with the baby but it looks for a minute like he's trying to kill the baby. It, it, it's, it's very odd and I just – I was thrown off balance by it and I just didn't know what to expect. And then, and then at the end of the issue, uh, it looks like, OK, this is it. It's finally going to happen. The, the mean old man is, is, has drugged the boy and he's gone to sleep. And no, he just wakes up the next day and we lose whatever time happened. I don't know what happened in there or anything but like he hasn't eaten him yet. <laughs> he's not going to because he, he, we know the main character yeah. is alive in the future with just missing an arm yeah um, uh, for me uh, this is this is another solid issue for me uh, anytime there's a scalping in comics mm-hmm. and I'm not at all prepared for it at least in a book <laughs> called Scalped there's a chance it's going to be a scalping <laughs> but here it doesn't come up that much to be no clear. it doesn't but at least I'm, I'm ready for it you know emotionally when I read the book but here it's just like all of a sudden hey I'm going to scalp this dude who tried to kill my friend in very sort of gruesome detail, and I'm like, oh, oh, it makes me, ugh. And that, and that uh, really cemented their relationship. Like, well, he's protecting me now too, which, which you know, sort of throws the the narrative off, you know, a little further. One of the things I thought was really interesting about that sequence was that girl uh, came up to him outside, and in the first panel, she's a little farther away, and you're like, well, she's not gross or anything. And then they get closer, and she's got screwed up teeth, and then. You know, a second later and the crazy, you know, long-haired pimp shows up and it just – they kept throwing stuff at you over and over again and you couldn't, you couldn't catch a balance. You couldn't tell what you were doing. It's an unsettling I, I was, book. Really unsettling. It really is. And, and I think that 
it's 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 all well and good um, to have that talent and stuff applied to Batman, but it but in Batman you still work sort of within a framework of it being Batman. There's a lot of familiar elements. Where in this, I have no idea what's going to happen. In fact, are you, the fact are you that saying there's no scalpings in Batman because I like to be able to be emotionally ready for them. You never well, know. If, you never if, know. Okay. He can't do it now. It would just be an also ran. Um, but the, you know the thing is because this book is also set in in a, a time period where we're not as familiar with what it is like. You know, the world was sc- much scarier then. So it's not like you have the sort of security that you have in the world now or, or whatever it is we think of as security. But, you know, you could go off in the middle of nowhere and, and kill somebody and there's not really anyone to protect you or find you or do anything. Like, yeah, you were never seen again. There was the, yeah. It was much less population, what, what so I lots think, sparse areas. What, and, is, what I think is exemplified by that is the scene where the cop pulls him over. <laughs> and the cop's like, you've been reporting missing. He's like, well, I'm here. And he's like, all right, well, at the next phone, just call in. And he's like, I'll see you later. And like, it's just like, no. And now, you're, now you'd retina scan him. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> there's no, you know, the documentation and, and paperwork and electronic trails and all that stuff. Like, it yeah. doesn't exist then. It's, it's, it's almost like we don't live in a time when, when suspense is the same as that sort of kind, the sort of that is in this book. Um, and then you go over to the other side. I've been, uh, I'm not usually a fan of the coloring that, that looks uh, sort of painterly. But it works really well in this book, and I'm I'm uh, I keep getting more impressed each issue. I, I, I maybe he's getting better, maybe I'm getting used to it. But I really like the feel of the time period as it is depicted. I also like that all of the faces are unique and sort of grotesque in their way and interesting, and and just the clothing looks all kind of rumpled, and it, it just it really evokes the place that they're going for, and I and I buy it 100. percent I'm, well, I'm living you in talk- the world. You talk about unusual that's different than other books. The art is totally different, which and I love it for that. I love that it's got a sort of European flair to it, and if it doesn't look like any other book you're reading, no. I mean you're right. I mean, there's no other character in any book I read this week that looks like the bad guy in this book. Mm-hmm. He's got an old, worn-in, leathery face, and you can feel it in the art. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been on the road, and he's old, and he's had a hard life, and you can see it. And it's it's you know there's there's no muscle bound. You know, spandex, or even, you know, like a lot of artists who grew up in comics, uh, even when they draw regular people, they look like superheroes. Whereas here, everyone's as just a normal, normal person that's had a hard yeah. life. And it's, it's wonderful to look at. They stoop a little bit, their clothes, you know, sag off them. Uh, it it's, really, it's a hard time, and, and you can tell from the people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can almost smell it. That's, that's the way I look at it. Like, it, it almost has that, whatever that sort of tobacco sweat fragrance of that time period is. Uh, it's mm, sort of, yeah. yeah. It's not a good, not a good smell. It's not oh, something. Okay. That's, well, I mean, unless, I, went, unless, I went somewhere in my mind. And, <laughs> in your mind's eye. Wow. It's been the time I went with a hobo across the country when I was eight. Oh, was, you told uh, me about that. Yeah. yeah it, was, it, was, it was a very formative time in my life. <laughs> it's funny is that I, like, I know that you, your mom has been really, you know, she's very liberal about what she lets you do, but I, I, got, I was surprised by that. Yeah. Well, you know, it was the 80s. It was so. a different time. It was a different time. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, that, was a, that was a magical time from what I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was, you know. A boy could walk to, uh, in Upper Manhattan, and it was either that or deal crack. And I wasn't really yeah. prepared for the the crack dealing. So <laughs> right, I you had to get out of the city. Really, I, I went hobo the, learning. Yeah, hitting the road was really the, your only choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, could you imagine if you'd stayed in that in that uh, den of sin in New York City in the eighties, man? Well, there was the late eighties, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he went he went through it. Yeah. Well, no, eight, eight years old. It was nineteen eighty five. So. Right. Yeah, that yeah. was right yeah. in the thick of it, man. But when you were like twelve, I mean, you were on the pipe hard. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> But at the twelve, you've got a lot of time to recover. You can, of you know, course, your body bounces course. back. Yeah, yeah. You had those so. weird lips. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get, you know, it tucks a lot of the moisture out when you're doing when you're on the crack pipe. on the pipe. Yeah, so your yeah. your lips tend to crack and yeah. blister. Yeah, crack pipe's hot too, so that'll happen. Yeah, she's. Anyway, book was unsettling is what I'm saying. It's yeah. a long way of saying the book was unsettling. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Triggered a lot of memories for you. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very pers- personal moment for me. Two issues left of the miniseries, and uh, the shoe's going to have to drop soon, and then we're going to have to have whatever the resolution is to bring us back to the scene at the beginning of the first issue. But, uh, you know, it's been uh, it's been a good ride, and, and I've been uh, more impressed each time, and, and I like that each issue sort of lived on its own a little bit, <clears throat> but is part of the whole, and... Uh, Overall, like the more I thought about it, the more I was I was thinking about what I wanted to write about it. It was the most impressive book that I read this week. Um, and as I wrote that, I thought to myself, I I know that Uncanny X Force comes out every single week that I have pick of the week, <sighs> and every single time it does, I have to hear Ron go, "I want oh my god, it's the best book ever." Let's let's mix it up then. Uh, 
all, all due respect to the Scots, who we, we everyone knows we're big Scott Snyder fans. The Uncanny X Force eighteen. Um, it, there's, there's, there's no a. There's no reason why you shouldn't be reading this book, Josh. Yes. This is this is one of the best. I books. have, I have, a, I have a perfectly. Uh, um, You're t- just doing the stick it to Ron. <laughs> no, oh, a little. You said it last week on the show. Well, what, the other thing that I realized is that if I hold out long enough, I figure one of you will buy it for me out of frustration for for the holiday. Ah, shit, that's a good idea. Actually, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a, I, and if that doesn't happen, I'm going to be real. I've got a birthday coming up. But uh, the thing, the thing that I did was I didn't buy it at first, and, and not even out of on purpose. I just like I don't see it. I see X Force, and I just. Oh, oh, oh. Uh-huh. Um, I bought that like they they released the three issue sort of specials like Catch five up, bucks yeah. for the first three issues and I couldn't figure out how to get back in without buying something I already had right and that's why I didn't I, I've I've there you go I, I mean I mean I'm okay, so flip this up I once at Connor eighteen like on another le- on another level well the funny thing is this eight, these eighteen issues and I think there's been a plus one in there yeah somewhere. there's a plus one in there yeah um. This this total story that Remender's told, and it really is a total story from the very beginning to to now, has been, and I think Paul said on the website, better than any event you've read in recent years. Yes, it's it's been cohesive, it's been emotional. There's a there's a there's a character arc that's happened and it's resolved here. It's 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 been impressive. He's he's juggled many different and amazing artists, and the feel has stayed the same. Uh, well, not the whole time, but recently, this particular this this arc itself with Opeña. Um, it's just been amazingly wonderful, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a big X Men fan, but it's, it's, it's. This is, this was fantastic. This was uh, like on another fucking level. I mean, like it was, it blew. And I was already. We're gonna talk about it later on the show, but I was already to go with another book from my pick of the week. It was locked, sealed, signed, sealed, deliver. Kieran Gillen was gonna be happy, but I read Uncanny X Force, and I just sat back and I went, "Oh my god!" Like, okay, I got choked up reading an issue of X Force. Yeah, like, Uncanny. Uh, yeah, literally, literally choked up, like fighting back the t- like. The, so, so the, basically, this resolves. It concludes the whole Dark Angel saga. It's fitting that Jerome Pena does this last arc when he started the first arc of the series, which the trigger point was killing the apocalypse as a kid, and that went took them down the path that they are here. Um, shit hitting the fan left and right. Um, final battle against uh, against Ar- Archangel, um, Phantom X, Psylocke, laying it on. You know. Plans and and uh, uh, machinations, stuff like that, all come to fruit. Like every things that things that they laid seed, we didn't even know about. You know, like uh, the little Smallville nod, uh, Connor. Did yeah. You pick, yeah, yeah, that was good. You know, and brutal fight b- with Archangel and uh, emotional fight, and then you know ultimately you know the 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 heroes win and they're able to overcome them, but not at a cost. And you know Betsy has to basically kill Archangel in order to make it stop. And in order to ease his pain, she telepathically, you know, kind of, you know, helps him, uh, you know, kind of ease out and basically telepathically creates an entire life for them. Yes, that and, was really like, like a Six Feet Under type of ending. Yeah, exactly. And there was, there was a three-page sequence where they kind of, you know, like the end of Six Feet Under, exactly, where they watch their life and see them get married and they have two kids and the kids grow up and one kid marries off and they get old together and then Angel, you know, Angel gets old and, and eventually passes away. And it's just, oh, and it's brutal. It's just totally brutal. And then I got to admit, it ends cinematically, like that last panel. Yes. My God, Jerome Pena, man. It's in the panels of the week this year. This week, it's, yeah, it's it, wonderful. And it's tribute, and it's funny because I, I just I, I just interviewed Rick Remender, and it's going to be on Talksplode uh, later this week, so you can listen to it. And we talked about so the last panel, basically, and spoiling how the book ends. But so um, it, they're in the snow, and they they've they you know the world is on fire and is falling apart, and they're getting ready to leave, and they're you know they're picking all up all their wounded and all stuff like that. And in the snow, all of a sudden, there's Angel. You know, walking not back. Archangel anymore, but Angel. Yeah, just Angel with wings. You know, blonde hair, wings. We know no blue skin. And Betsy sees him and yells Warren and runs to him and kisses him. And he looks at her. And then they pull back, and it's this panel with the world exploding behind them, snow falling. And Warren looks at her and just says, "Who are you?" And he's got no memory. And Rick said, "All I wrote was Betsy sees Warren, runs to kiss him. Warren says, "Who are you?" And Opeña yeah. did everything else. Rick said he Rick said he didn't even say the world is on fire behind them. Like ta- like the level of that Opeña brings, and like it just it's fascinating to see what the detail and the art that he does. Like specifically, like if you look at every panel, there are little. Um, it's all realistic. Like Opeña is thinking about okay, how would he really do this? 
and there are also little Easter eggs and things like that throughout in the background, like when they're fighting an apocalypse's um, uh, fortress or whatever. There's this uh, statues of other characters who I'm sure we're going to see down the road. You know, like yeah, oh yeah, they're yeah. two. They're two prominent. They're two with their names prominently shown. Yeah, Doctor Mindbubble and the Skinless Man. <laughs> Just, the Skinless Man was the name of the hobo. Yeah, <laughs> took me across the country. But um, I mean, this it, it, this this ended on such a high note that I and this whole eighteen issue like put this out as an omnibus as a as a as a one yes. condensed it, it, volume. It is one story. Put yeah. it out and as one big yeah. thing. Um, wonderful, just. And uh, you know, I would have predicted that Uncanny X Force would be one of my favorite books. Yeah, but it's but it is. It's amazing, totally amazing. So, uh, good job, Remender. Good job, Opania. Good job, everybody who worked on it. This is like, and in one in one year, they put out nineteen issues, or a little more than a year, like a year and two or three months. They put out nineteen issues. That's almost a two year run condensed in one year. That's it's it's possibly one of the greatest achievements of this year. So. In my, I almost, in my I almost don't need to read anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, I will, but yeah. like the story's over. This is they told their story, yeah. and they can yeah. do something else now. Yeah. And what's great is that they're actually um, there's going to be the ramifications of this are going to start spilling out into the other X books. So for X Men fans, you're going to see Betsy dealing with it and stuff like you know. So uh, it should be interesting. But anyway. oh god, so good. All right, <laughs> beat that. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have that much passion for anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about twenty-seven. The second set number four. This is the end of the second uh, mini series of this this one. And as I went through it, I think I think that the second set was actually a lot stronger than the first one. Um, the first one. I agree. Had had to wrap up sooner than it it should have. I think he had four issues, but he had five issues worth of stuff to tell. Uh, the second one. We knew what we were getting for one thing a little bit. Uh, the first one, you know, like I, it wasn't wasn't quite so clear at first that there was going to be a big supernatural element. But now in this one that there was, it was really like a treatise on fame and celebrity and talent and and what people are willing to go through to to get it and and you know how how much importance we put on that. And that was told with a lot of symbolic things and and uh, it's sort of like watching the, the main character is is a representative for the life of an artist and what kind of artist you you want to be um which is uh, very similar to actually what a lot of people in comics go through um because there are you know in order to make a living or to to do well financially or or with popularity you have to make sacrifices and change the way that maybe you would do things otherwise and and this stuff that stuff's going on behind the scenes all the time it, these are the artists we're talking about and artists have ideas and they have uh whatever their form of integrity is and and how they think things should be and and um i'm, I'm being sort of philosophical about it but that's these are the things that the, the issue made me think about and I, I like that i like that um we got this this little adventure and i, I think that it's it, you have a main character who in the in the first part of the story was not a good a good guy you didn't you didn't really like him he was a jerk and and over the course of, i don't know if i necessarily uh, like him more but i respect him more and I, I thought that was a lot of fun. It was it was a it was an interesting sort of look at, at art and music and and pop culture, like told through this sort of uh, adventure story. And what, what in the end was basically a a game with the devil, a uh, you know <laughs> a Charlie Daniels band song in a way. Um, and uh, I I really enjoyed it. And, and like I said, I I think it was uh, it showed a growth of the uh, artists involved also. So um, Marvel's big event uh, kick, uh, Marvel's big 2012 event basically kicked off with Avengers Exanction number one. Worst <laughs> title ever. Yeah, well, what's awful is that if you look at the cover, you don't know that's what it's called. It looks like Avengers Sanction because the, <laughs> the X is the target on the A. What, but, the, uh, what is an Exanction? I have no idea. I know what an execution is. I know what an extinction is. I, uh, I, there's no Exanction. Yeah. Um, so this is written by, written by Loeb, art by McGinnis. <laughs> and... and, and <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so written by Loeb, art by McGinnis. Am I the only one who picked this up? Oh, of course you, you are. certainly are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, 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 this comic book, this is not my kind of comic book. Um, yeah, this is, this is a little rough. It was a little rough. Um, Loeb, it, Loeb can be good. Eh? But um, this is, is – Totally the, can. The characterization is slightly off. You know, like the people talking slightly simplistic. Well, Loeb's characterizations are always his own. Yeah, I know. I mean, he always does that. But yeah. like, 
uh, it just seems weird to me that this is where it's, I mean, where is this event starting? Because it seems to be starting here, and it seems to be starting in, in Avengers the prologue. Children's, in Avengers Children's Crusade. Yeah. Because the ads for the books this week have been like, this is where Avengers X-Men starts. Right. And then it's like, but it's also a zero issue. It's like they're starting in three different places. So it's very... It's very... It's, it's Marvel fucking it up. Um, basically, so the premise is, is that Cable didn't die during um, the whole uh, Messiah Complex hope thing or whatever. When we thought he died, he actually went into the future, and he was in the future, and he met up for old time. Now, the one thing I will give him credit is that I was a fan of Loeb's run of Cable back in the late 90s. Um, I did enjoy that a lot. And uh, Loeb kind of revisits that um, when Cable you know, goes into the far future and meets up with Blacksmith, who was the little yellow, you know, Giba-eyed uh, guy that worked with him. He was kind of like his uh, Alfred or his uh, Jarvis or his um, Gordon. Microchip. Yeah, microchip Gordon type. And basically um, – uh, blacksmith tells him that the whole future is in danger because it all hinges on hope and it's because of the um uh because of the avengers and so cable now has got to go back into the past and kill the avengers and he starts with cap and it's and it just it seems just very contrived and very you know like you've got to save her and you know who you need to take down they're the avengers and it's uh, it's, it's like very blatant and very hit you over the head and um, that's what he well, does. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean that is the story, right? I mean it's, it's they're fighting over hope, so it makes sense that he would go back to yeah. preempt that fight. But I don't know. I just it, it doesn't seem necessary, or it seems like it's taking away from the event itself. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's also also before. Cable's got twenty four hours to live because the techno organic virus is taking over his body. So he's got twenty four hours to go back in time and kill the Avengers. Basically, I like that that Rob Liefeld was taking credit for it. Is it recently as this week? <laughs> of course. <laughs> On Twitter. There's my boy Cable. He my should. Humble, he, he should. My I mean, humble he, creation. Yeah, he should. You know, like you know, the whole reason why they changed it was going to be Cable Reborn, but because they, they had to change the, the title because Liefeld would have gotten a bigger royalty check if Cable was in the title. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Well, I mean, does the name Cable on on the masthead of a book sell that many books? Yeah, yes, yes. You think? Yes. It's very popular. More than Avengers? Absolutely, yes. I don't know more than Avengers. Avengers. I don't know more than Avengers, but yes, Cable would sell a book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Crazy. Uh, um, but yeah. I thought that uh, this issue of Batwoman was fairly exemplary. Amazing. It was. It was. It was really amazing. Yeah. I, uh, the, the only like it's 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 got such an adult tone. And I say that because it sort of works in contrast to the to the costumes for me a little bit, um, which is it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of the sexing. Well, early on. The, the best part was the beginning where in the, the last issue, in the last awesome. issue we had Firebird, her 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 non sidekick, going out on her own against her wishes mm-hmm. to fight crime, and her first meeting is juxtaposed with Kate having sex with with Maggie Sawyer, mm-hmm. and as as Kate reaches her. Her final destination, so does Firebird. <laughs> the Nadir. Uh, but in different ways. Kate's having an orgasm while Firebird gets, gets gutted in an alleyway. Yeah. Um, that was a grizzly, not Solomon Grundy guy. Yeah. He looked like uh, Francis. Is that Cole. a character that you know? No, I don't know who that is. He's scary. But, but uh, I thought this was really well constructed. It was, again, beautiful. We all know that. Uh, the, you know, the varying art styles from J.H. Williams. But I thought... This was the first, and I've been enjoying this series I think, more than you guys have. But I think this is this is the first issue where the uh, the story really matched the art. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. That that's definitely the case. And uh, you know, then the move, the story moved forward also. Yes. Uh, because because the thing happened to the sidekick, and then basically they, they finally found a way to get closer to um to to well, the, the DEO. Yeah. The sidekick didn't die. She's in a hospital. The DEO snatches her up and patches her up. Yeah. Making her think she's in a the hospital. They get her to th- reveal Kate's name, and now they know who Batwoman is. So. And, and and old Bones at the end was that. That was a great ending, great cliffhanger. Yeah. So I, I think this is shaping up. I mean, whether or not they're 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 getting better at the writing or what, but I think it's com- it's starting to come together. I think more and more. You know what I thought was really really interesting about this issue? Not so much in the J H Williams and uh, W Hayden Blackman story and art, which was fantastic, was top notch. But did you notice they backloaded all the ads? They did, yeah. They moved yeah, all did. the ads to the back, and so you just got unfettered, straight story, and then you just got a bunch of ads, which is like just shows utmost amount of respect for what J.H. Williams is doing with the double page spreads and all stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like there were pages that they could have broken up if they if they wanted to really push the ads, and but I'm glad that they didn't because they he's drawing I double page could spreads. They, have? they could have. I don't yeah. think they could. There was the 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 the, the scene. Well, no, I don't. know. Yeah, maybe. No, right. I mean, yeah, but we wrecked have. it. Yeah, I mean, it's almost. Have. Yeah, it's all. It's almost like Williams going. Oh yeah. Yeah. Check this out. Here's the pages. You paid me for them. Right. Do what you're going to. They're all double page spreads. That's awesome. Um, yeah. 
And again, that ad for the magazine. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever. Greatest. What does that mean? Yeah. What is that an ad for? Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, but yeah, so just great. Just tour de force. Great issue. Um, but if you're looking for a little holiday joy or whatever, you've got to pick up Journey into Mystery number six thirty two. Now, did, did, did my screaming about it incite you guys to pick this up or no? I picked this up. Yeah. Um, a because you know everyone talks about it. B because you liked it. And C because it was a standalone holiday issue, which yeah. I and they don't really do them anymore. You know, Marvel or DC. Marvel put one out, but it was their collection of their digital stuff that yeah. wasn't. It was really big, and DC doesn't didn't put one out. I don't think so far. They, may, they have a couple. They have a couple more weeks. They'll still do one, but they they haven't yet. So I wanted to check it out. Um, and I don't I don't normally read a Thor book, and I mean I know it's not a Thor <laughs> book, but uh, it, <laughs> Mitch Breitweiser is was great on art, and Betty Breitweiser was the colors, and she's one of the best in the business. Um, it was fun. I, I didn't. I didn't love it. Love it, but I, I really enjoyed it. There, there, now that's good because there, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that harkens to the the run so far. Like the 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 basically uh, the the premise of the book. Did you like Volstagg in the Santa suit? That was good. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I mean, the, um, the thing you don't need you needed a cursory knowledge. Yeah, you, you need a cursory. I had no problem following. They even give you a recap page in the beginning where, where Loki's talking to himself. I guess his yeah. consciousness is in that bird yeah. or his old his well, old no, evil so, consciousness. So the old so the old Loki is in in the bird and. Advises new Loki, so right. It's like the, 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 yeah, the bird's name is I call I K O L. Yeah, so um, that happened to me. Um, <laughs> but how? Uh, but so the the whole the, the gist of the book is that um, during the the past run, during all the fear itself shit or whatever, when Loki um, uh, when Loki had the hell hell be- hell beast um, uh, basically spawned other little hell beasts hell, hell dogs. And now he's got a litter of these little hell dogs that he needs to go give, you know, get, you know, find homes for. And so it's a matter, you know, you get these little kind of Frank Capra esque, you know, giving gifts of giving people. You know, he gives one dog to Mephisto, he gives one to the New Mutants, gives one to Heimdall. You know, like they're all little, you know. Neat. He literally is a book about giving away dogs. Yeah, pretty much. Issues. Yeah, and all that's left is the the one last, the kind of runt in the litter who is literally a hell beast who nobody wants and it's just like spits fire and so Loki realizes that I'll just keep him from and 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 basically the all mothers tell him that he just need they just need to put him out of his misery and throw him you know kill him you know throw him into the world tree and you know basically killing him and Loki can't do it and uh decides to keep him and and but what's hysterical is that the dog talks <laughs> so like every time the dog talks it's hysterical cuz like so Loki names him Thori um kind of a nod to his brother who's passed and so he's like, I'll call you Thori. And the dog's like, no, my, my, my name is Deathbringer. And, like, it's just like, and the dog is just like, I'm going to kill you. And like, it was a very funny issue. Yeah, that, it's that's very for funny. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It was great. And it was heartwarming and it was holidays. So it was nice. It was a uh, good job on Karen Gill. If you're at all curious, but you can totally pick this up and not have to worry about reading anything that came before it. It's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Well done. Well, well done. And it's uh, the next issue is a new arc. So you can even pick up from the next issue as well. So there you go. Um, cool. So a quick moment. I want to remind everybody that iFanboy is part of Graphically, our parent company, which is the your source for digital comics online. Uh, go to graphically.com where we've got over 5,000 comics from over 300 publishers, including Image Comics and Marvel Comics and IDW and Boom and Archaea and Top Cow and, and Dynamite. Dynamite going day and date. I, got, I read Voltron digitally last week. It was awesome. Yep. Um, and you can get all the comics that you want on the web. You can read them on the web. I, and personally, I know I'm a little biased, but I, you know, I was you know, poking around reading comics from some of the other digital comic places. I think the, uh, the Graphically Web Reader is one of the best in the business. Um, and so you can read comics on the web. You can buy them on the web, and then you can sync them and read them on your devices, on your iPhone, on your iPad, on your uh, Android devices, a tablet or phone. Um, those, uh, the, some of those apps that uh, Graphically's had that have been long since being updated are, are in the process of getting updated. So if you're a user, you should keep an eye out for that because it's coming. Um, and we got more exciting stuff coming in 2012, so you definitely want to stay on top of it. So go to Graphically.com um, and follow it at Twitter.com slash Graphically. For those of you who are getting Nooks or Amazon Kindle Fires or other tablets for the holidays, um, Graphically's got di- uh, digital comics there for you, waiting for you. So uh, it's th- definitely going to be a good holiday for those of you who get those tablets. Uh, so go to Graphically.com for all the info. The Ray number one is DC's newest miniseries. It comes from Justin Gray, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Jamal Eigel. And Good this, to see Jamal on something. Like. Yeah, this was tons of fun. This was this was classic Justin Gray, Jimmy Palmiotti superhero story. It, was, it, it, it had a little bit of a Power Girl vibe in that it was on its own. The character is in California, you know, away from the East Coast. It's, it was kind of fun. It was kind of funny. It was very lighthearted. 
Um, and it was very inventive. The whole idea is this this um, science experiment blows up across the world, shoots this this ray or this I don't want to use that word, but shoots a ray and he, this guy gets hit beam? by it, a beam. And this lifeguard on in California, this Korean guy, gets hit by it, and he becomes the ray. And he can't, you know, he they, there's a lot of science in his powers. You know, he doesn't, he's got to figure out how to fly. He figures out that he can uh, change how people perceive the light to change to make a costume. He can even change his appearance so people can't even tell it's him when he's when he's doing the ray. And he's got a pissed off girlfriend who, and it's just, it's and weird hippie parents. I mean, it's very funny, very fun, very sort of lighthearted tone. If you missed it all, the kind of superhero comics that they wrote when they wrote Power Girl, then, then I think the Ray is for you. And it, it looks fantastic. Jamal Eichel is, is, is wonderful. Um, but it's nice also to see some more uh, diverse superheroes. So um, They've got a, kind of a bizarre villain. I've not sold the villain yet, but uh, the main characters are lots of fun. Uh, you, are you, either of you guys reading Pigs, number one? I, I'm buying it, but admittedly I haven't read it. It's in my two-read yeah. stack. I've yeah. stacked it on my digital queue and graphically. It's, it's in my collection. I just haven't read it yet. Uh-huh. I, I I should like it, and I kind of do. Um, what what we, what's going on here is there's a bunch of Cubans. They're kind of a a, a, a cell of Cuban. Uh, what, what's what, when they're sitting around for a long time but not being used? Sleeper cells. Cool. Sleeper cells. Sleeper cells. There yeah. you go. Uh, and they're crisis. activated. This Operation yeah. Mongoose. Mm-hmm. It they're is. Because oc- <laughs> that was the plan through. to kill Castro and. I, the thing is, I'm a little unclear about some of it. Okay. Like, I don't exactly know. I, it's a really interesting interplay between the people in the sleeper cell and the one guy, you know, has has a family and he's sort of reluctant, but they're making him do all these horrible things, and they keep flashing back to the past, and it's almost there. It should be something I like a lot. I really like that there's no supernatural element to it, as there are in so many books. Um, I think that I, I wonder if the title actually s- makes them suffer a little bit for people not picking him up because it doesn't. S- it's hard to know what it is. Unless you do the research on what it is, you won't know what it is, I guess. Um, it doesn't really say anything. But there's something there that's that's worth reading. So I, I sort of keep going after it because there's, there's, there's definitely action and sort of espionage and intrigue and all that stuff. And uh, I'm sticking with it. It's, 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 it's interesting. That's, it's, it's, not a, it's not a glowing recommendation, but it's, it's there and I'm, I'm on you're it. Intri- I think. You're intrigued. I am. I yeah, am. Enough, enough. enough to keep going. Look good this week, too. Yes. I was at my comic store and uh, I was looking. I, I mean to go back and pick up Grifter and I mean to go back and pick up Frankenstein. And I noticed that my comic store had all the back issues and I almost got them except for the fact that I was buying fucking 25 books. So I didn't. Um, but uh, I'm curious to see how Grifter's still going. Um, it was it was it, it was it was not Kafu. It, it was not Kafu. It and was Scott Clark on this one, and which isn't bad. But it was there was some of it that, was, that I really didn't like. Yeah, yeah, there was um there's a scene where the the girl comes by on a motorcycle to pick him up, and she's like ridiculously thin, but yes. but with like breast Ooh. implants and no bra from side the side. Boob. Side boob, and it's uh, yeah, but it's all like in weird um profile shots and and the the motorcycle is clearly incredibly photo referenced like yeah. it's just i don't know it just didn't hold together and and having green arrow show up in this i know that that's a tried and true sales method but the fact is i started reading this book because i like the character of cole cash and i haven't seen him in this book yet yep as as i knew him in the past and i know that there are changes and there are things but I, I really do want this to be better than it is, and I and I'm I'm starting to lose interest. And the and the the art change in this one didn't didn't really help. Is at he all. off the book? I thought he was distributed in a different book. I don't know. Uh, I I'm not, I'm not sure. I assume that they just do fill-ins on this to keep it on schedule. Yeah. But uh, it's not it's not my kind of art. That's uh, uh, this art's not my kind of art. Um. Uh, yeah. No. And, and bringing in bringing in the new Green Arrow certainly doesn't help things at all. Um, no. Yeah. I, honestly, this could be like I I I I, w- I would like a recap page. And, and, yeah. and when you know me, I'm I'm great at remembering what happened. Either I either I either I forgot what happened in issue three, or I didn't read issue three. But I was like, okay, why is he now going after Green Arrow? Like, I don't get it. Um, that's little, that's my own fault. But um, it's a little no, it's a yeah. little confusing. It's yeah. not just you. And it yeah. uh, like there's these aliens that talk to him and each other, and all their word balloons look the same. I do. I, yeah, I do like the I do like the fact that he's chasing down the demonites. And and what I thought was actually clever was that he you know he's telling Green Arrow that hey, listen, there's this alien force that's working in your company, and they're called demonites or whatever and then he you know they they fight and then he gets away and green arrow is talking to his um microchip person naomi 
and um, he goes, he goes, okay, well, I need to term search for the term demon knight, but it D E M O N K N I G because demonites versus demonite, you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, oh, that's clever. He heard the word demonite. We know it because we're reading it, but he heard demon knight. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then, then knowing that there's a book called Demon Knights, mm-hmm. interesting. Like I, I, that piqued my, that piqued my curiosity more than anything. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Chaykin. Well, yeah. I love Avengers 1959. I love it too. I it's, can't get enough. There's almost no book that makes me more more happy to read. It's, you really it's, need to read Batman Odyssey, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. But this is this holds together and makes sense. I mean, it, yes. it, it's just. Fun and 1950s esque spy action. There's a talking gorilla with a gun that shoots a guy in the face. I mean, it's 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 goofy, but it rides the line. Yep, of being goofy and serious, and uh, I love it. It, it rides that line perfectly. It's great. Yeah. Um, it's it's been wonderful. It's been completely wonderful. I, I I love old. I love old Fury. I love old Sabretooth. I love old Craven. I love Young Fury. Well, I mean, old in the timeline. Like right, in the no, past. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love all these guys. It's just they're, they're, they're characters that hate each other, that shouldn't work together, but, but they do. And they, they, so there's constant tension and, and humor, and it's good. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Cool. So those are the, book, those are the books that we enjoyed this week, um, but a ton more came out. If you go to ifanboy.com slash comics, you can see them all, and you can uh, do your pull list, and you can rate and review them, and then come back and do your, pick your pick of the week. And we want to highlight what you thought were the top pick of the week, uh, picks of the week. And so coming in at number – we're going to do the top five. Coming in at number five was Josh's pick of the week. Uh, 2.3% of the iFan base agreed with you, Josh, and made Severed number five their pick of the week. Um, coming in at number four, uh, Lock and Key Clockworks number three got 2.7% of the pick of the week uh, uh, distribution. Um, so that's good to see. Number three, Batwoman number four came in at 5.9%. Uh, so the double page, uh, double spread page goodness from J.H. Williams gets a little love. Coming in at number two, much to Kieran Gillen's chagrin. Journey into Mystery, number 632, it's 7.1%. And listen, it's been neck and neck between Journey into Mystery and Batwoman. So uh, it's nice to see Journey into Mystery get number two. And then number one, the overwhelming majority of which I am one of them, uh, the number one book, uh, according to the iFanboy community, was Uncanny X-Force number 18 with a whopping 67.7%. So that's quite a win. Yes, so... Uh, we also like to t- take a look at a couple of your user reviews. First one up is JD Ravnos talking about Avengers Academy number 23, whose sales we did not affect at all. Uh, stories gave a 4 out of 5, and the art he gave a 4 out of 5, and the pick of the week percentage was just under 1%. And he says, there's something that I love in a good story that's rarely done, where a plot point can be dragged out to cause drama, is instead handled in a sensible fashion. Here, two characters, Lightspeed and Striker, come out of their respective closets, at least to, to each other and the readers, and have a very honest discussion about their sexualities and how it affects them. We it's easy to have this slip into an afternoon special soapbox or have it drag out to, to ring out every last bit of angst possible. Instead, we get two teens, one of them easily the least likable members of the team, just open up and support each other in a warm and intelligent manner. The rest of the issue is great as well, but I was really happy to see Christos Gage tackle the issue of the issue so well. I didn't read it. <laughs> there are a lot of people who love the Avengers Academy, I guess. I, yeah. That's absolutely great. It's one of those books that – it's one of those Marvel – I don't, I don't want to say cult books, but no, I think it's a cult. I was going to say it's a cult book. It's, yeah. The yeah. sales aren't large, but the people who do really love it. That's yeah. that's yep. the, the definition of a cult book. Yep. It's good. Agree. So as long as it's profitable. Exactly. Yeah. So and it's in no danger of cancellation. So there you go. JWT six five seven seven. It's just a bunch of random letters and numbers. Uh, reviewed Green Lantern number four and gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five and one percent of the iFan base made it their pick of the week. And JWT six five seven seven says. When I heard that Hal would be out of the core in the relaunch, I was kind of excited to see, maybe see that Hal could finally figure out who he was without it. The storyline has been nothing like I expected, but at the same time, Hal is learning who he is beyond the ring. Meanwhile, Sinestro is gold. Every moment with him is fantastic, and he's gone on in the other GL books. And as he's gone on in the other GL books, I think we'll find out more before much longer that the Green Lanterns are going to be glad that he was chosen again. Um, I enjoyed, I, I've been enjoying Green Lantern. I think you still got some sad sack hat, even though he was in space, which was fun. Yeah, you did. I, no, I, this is fine. I mean, the thing is, it's fine. I, I don't know. It's about, fine. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's, it's not a five star book, but it's definitely no, it's, it's definitely it's somewhere between a three and a four star book. So it's like a three three point five star yeah. book. It's yep. it's fine. It's a fun book. It's I a enjoy fine, it. It's a, it's a fine book. Um, and you know, it's okay. Yeah. I'm just you know, as long as I'm, I I kind of. As long as it's just an Estro and, and Hal, it's fine. If they start bringing the other cores in. Listen, it's a fine book. 
it's a, a it's it's a comic book that they draw and they write and they print it and I read it and it's a finely enjoyable comic book. Listen, anything under a four, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> What's the point? All right. So go to ifanboy.com slash comics and you could uh, write reviews of your books and maybe you'll get one on the show. So <laughs> Let's talk about the last book of the month, 2011. The last book of the month, 2011. Wow. I last. Say, I love that moment when you hit, you know, save. Punch or save, yeah. And uh, you're just done for three months. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Who's got the next one? I think it's you. Oh, fuck me. No, is I, already, it? I already know what I'm doing, yeah. Yeah, it is you. Yep. You're, you're next. Um, the book of the month for 2011 is for December 2011 is Who is Jake Ellis from Image Comics by Nathan Edmondson and Tansi Zonshik. It says in the back you'll never pronounce it correctly, so I'm just going to go with that. Um, this was a book I was really looking forward to ever since Ron started talking about it in the Pick of the Week show. Raved, uh, it in, uh, raved about it in issues. Loved you were it. raving about it the first yeah. couple of issues, so I was really looking forward to it. It's a spy story with a mystery, and I've been waiting actually for the trade. It finally came out. And I blew through this book in the best possible way. I believe I call. I said this is going to be. You're going to love this. This is right up your alley. I believe I said that. I, someone can verify that, but I believe like in January, or February, I said this is. You're going to enjoy this. Yes, and yeah. it's true. I couldn't put it down. I read it all the way through in one sitting. It. It was first of all. Before we get to the story, the art is one of my favorite things about the book. It's uh, the Zonchik's art is very Mazzuchelli-esque, very Batman Year One Mazzuchelli-esque, not um, mysterious polyp Mazzuchelli. That would be great. And, <laughs> very different book, um, and it, it's wonderful. The the it's very clean. There's a lot of great storytelling. The there's a lot of great emotion. It's there's a lot. It's a lot very moody. There's a couple of great sequences, silent sequences that that are wonderful. It was just be, it was a beautiful book to look at, and and he's rocketing up my list of favorite artists now. Um, but the story was fun. It was exciting. I liked that it. it dropped you into the middle of it. It didn't give you a lot of information to set it up. There wasn't a lot of exposition. You had to kind of figure out what was going on as you went. And the story is basically of a CIA, former CIA analyst who is now a freelance spy, basically, named John Moore, who is being watched over by Jake Ellis, who is this ghostly apparition who advises him about how to be a better spy. Spoiler. Well, that's a spoiler. That's revealed right at the beginning. Um, And uh, the – so there's a couple of mysteries here. One is who are these people trying to kill John Moore because the whole series is on the run from this group of of assassins. And the other mystery is who the hell is Jake Ellis and why is he appearing as a ghost to this other other spy and who's not really a spy. He's just an analyst and there's really that – all the advice that Jake Ellis gives John Moore that allows him to do his job and stay alive. And uh, it was fun. It was exciting. It was – there was great action and, and mystery, and you don't really even get a full resolution at the end, but you get enough of one where if there's never any more Jake Ellis, which I assume there won't be, then you're all right with it. But uh, I really enjoyed it. And Ron, did you finish? I don't, I don't think we ever talked about the ending of this book. We never did talk about the ending of this book. Um, I, I was satisfied with the ending of the book. I, I, I know we one of our concerns is as it got into issue three or issue four or so, it was like, eh, where's this going? What's it going to be? But I, 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 as a volume, it is absolutely enjoyable, and I think they stuck the landing, in my opinion. What I mean, clearly you agree, but because you yeah, yeah, it, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the real the real strength of the book was. Uh, the sense of action, really. It felt a lot like it was a sort of a comic book equivalent to like a Bourne movie. Yeah, it was a fast like It was every time he turned a corner, like he had three seconds to figure out what was going to happen next, you know, and as he was on the run. And then finally he's at the point where he's like, well, we can't keep running anymore, so he has to go be proactive. And then when he does that, he finds out that everything that he thought was wrong and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a nice – it was taut is yes. what it was. Uh, it was very taut. And I think some of the disappointment with Grifter is that it's it should be similarly toned, right? I mean, it should be very well, similar. Th- well, this is the, this is the problem we ran it. I mean, this is the problem with writers like Nathan Edmondson, writers like Nick Spencer, um, who are emerging in the independent independent book space with well thought out. You know, kind of. This is my vision. This is the story I'm telling. And then they go over to do what is essentially corporate comics. And there's editorial involved. There are people who are trying to drive an agenda and stuff like that. Put they, Green Arrow on the cover. Exactly. But that, that's yeah. that's not a problem, though. That's, that's, no, I mean that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Yes. So, I mean, putting Green Arrow in the book isn't a problem with with right. right. And so what what happens is that somebody like Nathan Edmondson, who I believe is a very good writer, and in fact, you know, I talked to him about the activity on Don't Miss. You'll hear more about that later in the show. Um, you know, he's a good writer, but he. He's young. 
you know, Nick Spencer is young. And like there are other other writers out there are early in their careers and they haven't quite figured. We saw Rick Remender. Rick Remender moved over from the independent books to writing for Marvel and it was a slow go to start. I mean, you know, I, I loved what he did in Punisher and, and some of the other stuff he did when he first got there, but it took a year before he hit his stride with Venom and X-Force. You know, and like you, each writer needs to figure out how to work within the constraints of this editorial, the editorial that's involved in corporate comics, and make as good of comics as they're doing on the independent side. And so that's the challenge. Um, I think Who Is Jake Ellis is a great example of what Nathan Edmondson is is capable of. So yeah, it's just I mean, yeah, it, it was wonderful. If you if you're, if you're interested in the kind of action adventure spy story, and this this. Would have been if, if I'd read it earlier. Would have been a great inclusion for a gift guide. If you have a brother or a, or a sister or a father or mother who likes Jason Bourne movies or that kind of story if or someone spy you know, novels, if someone who knows on the run, someone who knows on the run from and Mexico. you have a drop, you have a drop for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if if someone close you get to a you, dead drop, put in the dead drop. If someone close to you just went dark, for example, this is a great <laughs> way. Just leave leave the book on, in in the garbage can on the corner of Oak and Third, and they'll find it, and it'll be okay. So. I, I went dark in in 2007 for about for about four months. I remember that was and scary. I, I, yeah. I came back refreshed though. Yeah, yeah. You well, know? that's that tends to happen when you go dark. I mean, well, obviously, yeah. obviously. But, uh, I killed a lot of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is a great book if you have, for as a, as a gift if you have someone in your life who doesn't necessarily like superhero comics but is like spy stories. This is this would be wonderful. The art is accessible. The story is accessible. It's fun. Um, I, I I enjoy the heck out of this book. Couldn't recommend it higher. Well, get get over to iFanboy.com. You can read uh, Connor's full review on it uh, and, and, and feel his excitement at not having to write another one of those for, for a quarter or a quarter. Let's, uh, let's get through some emails and, and, and see what we have time for. Uh, first up, Scott from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin uh, says, thanks for the great show and keeping me up to speed on what's going on in the comics world. I'm a victim of the downturn in the economy and lost my job to eventually take another job for l- roughly half the pay. One of the first things my wife and I had to cut from our budget was, were hobbies. Mine was comic breeding. I've uh, recently convinced her to start a collection for our son with the DC reboot and a new Flash number one, which is his favorite character thanks to the various animated versions. Like Ron, I'm an X-Men fan to the end. My first was un- Uncanny 247. So I'm hoping you can convince my, her to let me start my own new collection with the X-Men relaunch since I sold her on The Flash based on your pick of the week. I frequently play my podcast over the speakers on my computer while we're doing housework so that she will hear the show. Please, I beg. Ron, <laughs> this is up to you. This is hard. I don't know that we it's, should be doing this. I, don't, I know. We're Man, living in the real Scott, world. Here. I mean, like, and these are tough times and, and you got a kid and you got to buy food and like, yeah, I, I love, don't get me wrong, I love the X-Men, but like, this is adulthood, man. I mean, I, I would just say that, you know, here's the thing. Here's the argument. If you're going to – if you want to, you know, start collecting again and get the X-Men, you know, Wolverine and the X-Men is a great moment to jump on. You know, it's going to it's four, it's gonna be 4 bucks a month at most, you know, three ninety nine probably. If you can find 4 bucks, if you can make, you know, like not get lunch one day or make lunch from home or uh, if you can fi- – I would say the best cup, way – Cup of coffee. The be- yeah, exactly. The best way to balance with your wife is to say, listen, I'm not going to spend this $4 here and I'll spend it here. That's your way. You got to work or with find, it. Or find a cheaper – go to DCBS and subscribe there where you can get them at a discount or exactly. go get, wait for the trade to come out and get it through Amazon at a discount or, or somewhere else or in stock trades or whatever or go – you know. They go digitally. If Marvel's going to start releasing stuff digitally, maybe it'll be cheaper. We don't know yet, but yeah, they'll probably. It seems it seems that a lot of the industry is taking the full cover price when it comes out, and then a month later drop. Right. So wait a month yeah. and get it for dollars. Yeah. I mean, there's there's ways you can save money if that's through. You definitely absolutely definitely want to go. You don't have to buy a cover price on Wednesday when it comes out because if you're not reading everything, you don't need to go every Wednesday right when when the right. books come out. But right. but it's, it's tough, man. Though I feel for your yes. wife. I feel for you and your wife, and just I mean, the, we got to work. You got to work together. So. Mm-hmm. Is it more important for him to have his son start reading comics, though, with the excellent Manipole art? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're believing the children of the future. Yeah, exactly. Teaching them well, letting them lead the way, yeah. etc. Yeah. All right, that said, uh, another quick email um, from Adrian from Vancouver. It says, I've been a big fan of DC's New 52 relaunch on the art side with the likes of J.H. Williams III and Francis Manipole have been amazing, as I would have expected. But I've really been floored by a number of newcomers, like Michael Jannon on Justice League Dark, Dionogenes Nies on Demon Knights, and Andrea Sorrento on I, Vampire, and Ben Oliver on Batwing in particular. I had never heard of these artists before October, now I'm a big fan. What are your opinions on the new crop of artists at DC? Did you know uh, of them before the relaunch, and what do you think of the odds of any of them finding their way to a triple A book in the future. What's a triple A book? 
It's a book about roads, roads and maps. Right, and like towing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Roadside assistance. It's funny that you say that. That's that, really, they hire comic people? Yeah, they, that's how they draw their manuals. It's all in 50 characters. <laughs> it's funny that. Oh, it's, yeah. It's yeah, funny. I've been getting it for years. It's <laughs> funny that Adrian likes the art because I thought one of the weaknesses of the New 52 was the art. I think that they. Um, not not to take anything away from some of the artists that he mentioned, I think you know I think the guy in I Vampire was really good, although he was doing you know very good Jay Lee and um, I, I've enjoyed the Just League Dark art. I'm not a big Ben Oliver fan. Um, I think that Nev's uh, on Demon Knights has been good, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I think that- I think on the whole, there's definitely some art problems, but I think there's certainly some bright spots and a few. Yes. I mean, the ones he's mentioned are definitely uh, Michael Jannon's been wonderful. On yeah. um, Justice League and and Nevez is great on Demon Knights. Um, yeah. And some books, you know, the art is sort of the, the saving grace. Yeah. Um, for for what is otherwise some some sort of mediocre books, but if you look at the top of the charts too, I mean, some wonderful art. Uh, Ivan Reese in places. and uh, and and, and uh, Chuck Cliff Chang and, and and there were there were names in there that Tabula. I'd never heard of, but there were also a lot of names that I had heard of because it's kind of our job. So, um, but yeah, so good times. All right, so uh, if you want to have a question for us, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. On to the voicemails. Our first uh, has got a, a timeless question that we ask ourselves often. Hi, guys. This is Ian from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, calling because I had a question about this whole 52 relaunch. I bought lots of titles I'd never bought before. I love some of them, but I have my favorite characters. And I'm trying to cut back. You know, it's a little expensive. So... Just as a personal choice, would you guys rather go with your tried and true favorite characters? For me, it's all anybody with a bat on their chest. Or would you try to stick with some of the new creative teams and broaden your horizons? Love the show. Keep it up, guys. Thanks. I think there's actually a third option, which is the whatever books you enjoy the best. I mean, it's not necessarily between the characters or the creators. It's which ones are good. You don't have to expand your. You don't necessarily have to expand your horizons. You don't necessarily have to follow the the book the characters. Um. For instance, I you know I'm a huge Bat fan like Ian apparently, and but I dropped Detective. I wasn't enjoying it. I'm, I'm going to drop Batgirl. I didn't enjoy this this week's issue, and and uh, I just I feel like there's a, there's a lot that's freeing about this new DC universe. Is that you don't have to hold on to these legacy books um, anymore. It's, I, th- I, th- I think the clear thing is if you're not enjoying a book, please don't buy it. Yeah. And so especially I'm enjoying if Batman. A thing. Great book. Um, I can't imagine ever not buying a Batman book. I probably would always like at least to buy one, but I can't imagine they would all be terrible. Uh, but I, I've dropped almost all of them, the ones I don't enjoy, because you got you got to be you got to be in these tough economic times. You got to be harsh, man. You even mentioned it; it's, it's a it's a money thing. You're, they're expensive. They're, you, there's a lot of them. You can't. I, I think I think at this point you can't be buying tons of books because a because you enjoy the characters, or b because or just just because you enjoy the characters and because the book's not good. I've spent years of buying books that I didn't like. The Flash, the oh god, those Flash years. <laughs> they haunt me. They haunt me. I would say that's the best thing with this relaunch is that it, it's sort of for me it's it's broken those those fictional chains that I've had you know that's I was a good actually, way to wipe the slate clean. I was talking yeah. to Mike Roma about this actually last week that I, you know I bought Detective Comics for, for my entire life but mm-hmm. the idea that it rebooted gave me the opportunity to say no it's it's I can drop it now it's fine it's it's okay and I did. Someone's still buying it. Oh, lots of people. People, are, it's, it's 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 top it's a top five book I think. Mm-hmm. On to our next voicemail. That's all about forcing people. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Ian from Nebraska, and I am uh, calling to ask if you could force one of the other guys to read any comic, what comic would it be? Like, I love the idea of tying Josh down and shoving a comic down his hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to read anything you're like gonna that. You're going to fucking read this book, and you're going to fucking like it. My take, I can come. So I mean, as we talked earlier, if I can make Josh read one comic book, it would be um, it would be uh, Uncanny X Force. Absolutely. If I can make Connor read one comic book, that's a tough one because Connor and I get along more better than Josh and I do. <laughs> um, I'm not protesting. I would probably I would probably make Connor. I'd probably make you read the Love and Rockets uh, new stories volume four. But I tried that book. I didn't like no, it. No, but that new that that the one that was my book a month. I would make you read that. All right, all right. Yeah, you son you of a bitch. You read that like you read what you read was like thirty years old though. Yeah, yeah. what I read also. Yeah, I mean yeah. so yeah, you gotta re- you gotta read that. It's oh, it's amazing. Anyway, so Connor, Ron, have you ever read Queen and Country? Yes, I have. Yeah, I have all the volumes. Yeah, I've read it. <laughs> I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm out of ideas. Right. Uh, I, got, I got nothing. Yeah, we do. Ron, you're reading OMAC, right? I am reading OMAC. Ron, you should read all of Jonah Hex. Okay. Aha! I was thinking of a current series. It could be like, you should read this. Um, 
I don't know. Comics. Comics. I'm going on Kenny X Force. I'll make you both. You guys should both be on. I, I am reading on Kenny X Force. I make you read it again. Yeah. <laughs> Just read it again. <laughs> you didn't appreciate it enough, but I really no. Yeah. No. <laughs> It isn't going to be that way. So uh, th- there you go. If you want to write, if you want to call in the voicemail line, it's 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Apparently this week it helps to be named Ian. What's <laughs> that? There it is. Uh, now that we talked about Nathan Edmondson a lot, Ron, yes. what else? So I did talk to Nathan Edmondson about the activity, number one, which is coming out uh, this Wednesday. You can hear that on iFanboy. Don't miss uh, it's uh, another feed, so go to ifable.com and listen to it there or subscribe to it on iTunes and talk to Nathan about his new ongoing series from Image Comics that if you're a fan of um, the unit or b- army things. Uh, Randy Johnson? Yeah, uh, the losers, that sort of thing. Um, you should definitely pick it up. Art by Mitch Gerrids and Gerrids. Uh, Gerrids and um, Nathan Edmondson writing it. And it's I read the first issue and it's it's re- I actually really enjoyed it. So um, And that's not normally my genre. So uh, good, in- interesting conversation with nathan so go listen to that ifanboy don't miss but that is not the only podcast that we have on ifanboy oh, we've been loading you up lately yeah we have uh we had a couple of uh we had a talksplode this past week with uh with ron mars which uh if you haven't listened to it or maybe you're not as familiar with his work man you should go listen to the show this was one of my favorite shows i've recorded in a long time we, we talked about his time on green lantern creating uh, Kyle rayner and his time at cross gen which is like nothing else that we've ever seen in comics uh really great conversation and he just finished up finished up his witchblade run but that's not all that's not all. Started a new podcast this week. Yep. Uh, let it go. This is the uh, the iFanboy's Making Comics podcast. Uh, me and Andy Schmidt, uh, former Marvel and IDW editor uh, and the founder of Comics Experience, which which does courses and, and classes for people who want to make comics, uh, are going to be doing a very short uh, little conversation on a singular topic every week on making comics and breaking into comics. This last week we talked about uh, if you want to be a writer, where do you start? What's the first thing you do? It's writing. <laughs> By the way. Oh, yeah, so that's the part that you've been getting wrong. Ah, uh, is I that? Mean, but uh, we're gonna be we're playing around I, right now. It's coming out on Wednesdays. It will be doing that uh, for the for the near future. Um, but we got a whole bunch of stuff coming up, and uh, it's and real fun. Later this week on Thursday, you can hear my conversation with Rick Remender talking about X Force, Venom, Secret Avengers, uh, Last Days of American Crime. Uh, some good stuff with Rick coming up this Thursday. Wow. Now, Ron mentioned earlier in the show this is the last Pick of the Week episode of 2011 because it's holiday time and we have the holiday schedule for you. So the next two weeks, we will be off the Pick of the Week and we'll be doing the All Media Spectacular, which we've been doing at the end of every year we've, we've had this show, the last six years. So you'll have uh, talk, talk, us talking about TV and movie and comic, also comics, but uh, not like we do in this show. Um, music, video games, podcasts, books, everything we've done in other media for this year we talked about that over the next two weeks, so you can come back as per normal and you get those shows. And we'll be back with the Pick of the Week in January. Exciting. Well, all right. Get over to ifanboy.com and you can see all of that stuff that we're talking about. It, that's, that's the home base for these things. Um, you can also read the Pick of the Week review that I wrote and you can read the Book of the Month review that Connor wrote. There are even other reviews that other people wrote, along with lots of other content. Uh, we just finished up a bunch of gift guides, which uh, I, I think would be very helpful to many of you. Many different, whatever times that people need gifts, that stuff's there. Um, you can go to ifanboycom slash about. You can see who the staff is and see all those social network links. Uh, speaking of social networks, there is twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash ifanboy, depending on your want or both, should you decide to follow them. Uh, we normally do a video show, and we're on a little bit of a hi- hiatus now, and we will give you, we'll give you updates on that when it's coming back in uh, uh, in in the future, 2014. That's vague. Is what 2014? Yeah, <laughs> we made so much money from it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on my yacht for the next two years. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Also, contact at ifanboy.com. Call us at a voicemail line 88 fanboy 3262697 with any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, but only if your name is Ian. <laughs> but that's my brother's name. It is your brother's. <laughs> And he scares the hell out of me. <laughs> if you like what we do, go to iTunes and write a review for this podcast for iFanboy Don't Miss, as well as all the other uh, iFanboy-related podcasts like Word Balloon and Around Comics, 11 O'Clock Comics, and Tom vs. The Flash, or Tom vs. Aquaman, and uh, other great podcasts. Help spread the word. Get everyone uh, aware of it. And let everyone know about iFanboy. Tell your friends, family, your comic book store. Let everyone know how great we are. And uh, we thank you for your support. Um, 2011 has been a great year. Thanks, everybody, for your help and support. We talk a little bit on our year-end podcast, so you can hear us gush about it. But we thank everyone. Again, we hope everyone has a happy holidays. Um, whether you're, you know, whatever you celebrate, whatever you choose to, we hope you are with friends and family and have a wonderful uh, end of the year. Uh, well, all right. Another one in the books. 
What the, the fuck are we doing with our lives? <laughs> in the can it goes. All right. So until 2012, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. Thanks, everyone. More comics soon. Three, two. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two. Hey, and welcome to the. Oh, fuck you. Three, <laughs> two. Hey, and welcome to the last iFanboy. Wait, Pick I'm not supposed to talk here? Fucking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I will reach in there and punch you in the ovary. <laughs> <laughs>